This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Not even about me scoring a lot of points. um, Just being a close game and fighting the whole game. and Knowing we could have won a game but we didn't make these little mistakes. So we corrected these mistakes. So, yeah. But not just about me scoring a lot of points. Just about the team just being out there playing and not being scared because they defend, defend the champs and they got, uh, you know, Brown on their team and AD and all these guys. So that's all That's all I was trying to do. I feel like I, I think I jinxed him. He, he was have. so good a couple nights ago. And then we did that whole ode to Ant Edwards yesterday and then he comes out and he starts it's like 0 for 8 or something. It's a process, man. It's a process, okay? Yeah. yeah. All right. It'll be fine. All right, 76ers. This is a Reckless Speculation Thursday edition of Mackie and Judd. Reckless speculation. Powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, who recently launched MyShield. MyShield is a beautiful, beautiful tool for you business owners out there. It's the online client destination for risk management resources. Think about how helpful it would be for you to have employee training at your fingertips and industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. That's where MyShield and Federated come in at federatedinsurance.com. You can also download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. His name is Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. What's up, Dugs? Good morning, gentlemen. You know what the sad thing is? That Anthony Edwards soundbite until he started to name specific Lakers, the beginning of that soundbite could have been any number of games. Him <laughs> referencing mistakes. <laughs> You know, everything else you said there in the first 10 seconds, that's the sad thing. They are, what, by like two games, the worst team in the NBA. Their G League team is worst in the Orlando bubble. Like, it's as bad as it gets. And I get the optimism when you watch McDaniels, when you watch Edwards, when you think about the young core. But the Western Conference isn't slowing down. At some point, these guys need to learn how to win. The roster still doesn't have enough two-way players, although McDaniels can certainly be that. But they don't have enough two-way guys. They don't have enough guys who are tough. They don't have enough guys who are smart. Like, you think about Brogdon in overtime last night. Malik Beasley goes underneath the screen. He goes under the screen. Like, what are you doing? What were you doing? Like, Malik, come on. Like, he's a sieve on defense. We know D'Angelo Russell is a sieve on defense. Like, this roster still has all sorts of problems. So, like, we can we can go any number of directions you want, but, like, 
they play entertaining games. I mean, that's that's the saving grace, <laughs> right? Like even in the With last week, like the Clippers game. Ever since Cat has come back, yeah. Clippers game entertaining. The Charlotte game maybe not as entertaining as I thought it would have been, but it wasn't bad. The Toronto game entertaining. The Lakers game entertaining. The Pacers game last night entertaining. But the issue is they keep losing game after game. That's really depressing, but absolutely spot on, Dukes. Absolutely. Um, Russell and and the fact that, according to you, he has elect, elected to have the Nets doctors do the surgery instead of the Wolves. Uh, what does that say, delving deeper, about uh, his trust in the Wolves franchise and the fact that he is going to a former team to have a pretty important procedure done? I do think there are some hiccups there. He had the surgery already, Judd, yesterday. The surgery, no shock here. The surgery was a success. I didn't get the press release. I can't remember the last time I heard that a a surgery was not a success in terms of of operating on an athlete. But, yeah, he had the surgery yesterday in New York City. He had the Nets team doctor do the surgery. Now, full disclosure, the Nets doctor also performed the surgery on that same knee, that left knee, November of 2017. So you can connect, you know, those dots if you want that, that D'Angelo was already comfortable with that doc- doctor. But do I think there's something to be said about some disconnect? Wolves medical staff, Wolves staff in general, D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell's camp. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about that. And how about this, Declan? How about this for a write that down? Okay. Can I enter the write that down Ab- sweepstakes? Write it down. You like writing things down. But this, this, is, this is on the record yeah, now. Yeah, I got right? it. Yeah. It's binding. So the Wolves put out a press release. They have announced that they expect Russell to miss four to six weeks. Write this down. He won't be back in four to six thank weeks. Thank you. I got, okay, thank you. I got. I mean, chirped. maybe it's eight. Maybe it's the rest of the season <laughs> no. that he's out. But I'm telling you, he's not coming back in four to six weeks. No way. No okay, thank you. I got I got chirped. I, I tweeted out, you know, when the news came down, of course, like four to six weeks, he's for sure going to be out for the year. And a bunch of people, no, the schedule goes till May, you guys. He's not coming back for 10 games at the end on a bum knee. Now, I think it would be nice, and the Wolves would probably like to see him back so that they can see Cat and D'Lo for eight games, like even even five games to double their total at some point. And that's my next question to you, Doogie, is, you know, we did a whole 30 minutes on, I am more interested personally now in seeing the Cat-Ant pairing and pick and roll and Ant as, as more of a dominant ball handler. I think he has a chance Dwayne Wade said it on TNT the other night. I think he has a chance to be something special. Um, I'm much more interested in that pairing than I am now in the D'Lo cat pairing that we've been promised for over a year, but bad luck and injuries. Where are you at with the next, like, two years of this franchise? I mean, does D'Lo even, are they going to try and shop him at some point? Does he factor in with, with Ant? It just seems like, I almost feel like he's been replaced um, in terms of what this thing should look like in two or three years. Phil, who the heck wants D'Angelo Russell? Unless the Wolves are taking back more money, I don't think there's a ripe trade market. If you go back to last February, one year ago, the Knicks kicked the tires. Outside of that, it was just the Wolves. Like There wasn't this robust market to trade with the Warriors for D'Angelo Russell. So I don't think anything has changed, especially after yet another surgery. He's about to turn 25 in a week. If you go down the injury rabbit hole with Russell, it is lengthy. He's had injury issues with the Lakers, with the Nets, with the Warriors. 
now with the Wolves, multiple knee surgeries, left knee. Like, there are red flags there, and I get it. It's not like he's a player who relies on his athleticism, but still, for him to break down like he has before he's even turned 25, that is concerning. I'm with you, though, Phil. I mean, to me, Anthony Edwards benefits the most over the next, you know, let's be realistic, seven to eight weeks, if that, you know, otherwise maybe Russell is out for the year. That Like, Edwards is going to benefit from being on the ball more. But, like, do I think there's shipping Russell in the offseason? No, I, I don't have that sense. But I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. I think Ryan Saunders enjoys coaching this roster more with D'Angelo out of the lineup. He's calling more plays. Ricky Rubio has finally found a pulse. This team is much more enjoyable to watch, minus Russell. I don't think it's a coincidence. Cat back, Russell out, and all those games I cited in the last week that have been entertaining, like, it's not surprising. He's just not a fun basketball player to watch. I still think he's an elite shot maker in many ways, an elite shot creator. There is value in in what he can bring. Like, I don't want to turn this into a just rip the heck out of D'Angelo Russell session. Because there is value in what he can do on the basketball court. But I don't think he's a winner. I think what happened when he took that team from 8-18 eight and 18 to the playoffs, I think that was a mirage. I don't think that is a trend. I don't think you are going to be a winning organization if he's your 1B or your number 2 or maybe even your number 3. Like, I just don't think he impacts winning enough. And that's the next level for Anthony Edwards. Like, I'll give Anthony Edwards some time. He's 19 years old. At some point, he needs to impact winning. That roster at Georgia last year was not a train wreck, but the team was a train wreck. So he didn't impact winning last year at Georgia. At some point, for Anthony Edwards to really hit his ceiling, really reach his full potential, he has to find a way to impact winning. All right. Enough of this Wolves talk because it's depressing now. Uh, twins. Pitchers and catchers report uh, today. What is, uh, among your notes, Dukes, what is the update on uh, what potentially is going on, at least in contract talks, with Jose Barrios and Byron Buxton and the team? Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that make logical sense for the Twins to explore extensions with. We've seen it in the past. I mean, I guess most recently, I guess it would be, what, Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco. Was that two spring trainings ago or was that last year? No, two years ago. Everything's a blur. Yeah, two years ago. So, I mean, we've seen them approach guys around this time, you know, in terms of, of extending contract. It's been dialogue, Judd. You know, those two guys specifically, not on Tyler Duffy. Duffy was another guy that came to my mind. I checked on Duffy. Nothing on, on the Duffy front. But on, on Buxton and, and Barrios, there has been dialogue. But, Judd, my sense is that, that nothing is imminent. You know, talks are ongoing. I, I don't sense anything is going to happen anytime real soon on, on either front. But but that is something the Twins are interested in eventually, finding a, a happy medium and extending both Byron Buxton and Jose Barrios. So Byron Buxton, man, it's it's funny how you, you say uh, the timeline is a blur. How about this? Byron Buxton's now 27 years old. This is going to be his seventh season in the major leagues, okay? He's already come to the plate 1,500 times. Should be more than that, but he's missed so much time with injuries. And Byron Buxton, so age 27, this will be his seventh year in the major leagues. He's played in over 400 major league baseball games, and he's batting 238 with a 289 on base percentage, and he uh, and he he's only played over 100 games one time. 
What is your level of hope and expectation for Byron Buckton this year? And do you have any idea what the what the Twins think of him after all of this here going into 2021? They still think there's a really, really good player there, Phil. And I don't fault them. Call me a Buxton apologist. But going back to what he did in 2017 as a then, what, 23-year-old, platinum gold glove, earning legitimate MVP votes, like I think there's still there's still that player there. And I get it. I mean, you can cite the numbers. I'm with you. Now, I'm not even concerned if the power doesn't necessarily – you know, come to full fruition. Like, just find a way to get to first base because he's going to, in all likelihood, get to second base. He's still elite, right? Like, the gold glove defense is still there. Like, I don't think you would trade his defense in center field for anyone. You know, he has to he has to stay in the field. I mean, there's no denying that, right? Like, stop crashing into the wall. Like, he needs to adjust his style of play out there, but you still would take his defense over just about anyone's. You know, so the Twins still feel like when you go up the middle, that there is something to be said about defense up the middle. When you look at Polanco at second base, Rocco Baldelli has told people, he told Dunkers a couple weeks ago that he thinks Polanco's got gold glove ability at second base. You've got the best defensive shortstop in the game in Simmons. Then you've got Buxton. So when you look at second base, shortstop, center field, the Twins feel like, you know, that triangle that they form there, they feel like that they have the best triangle in all of baseball. So they still feel like Buxton has a lot to offer, and I'm telling you, they've engaged him in extension talks, so they'd like Buxton to be here for the next few years. So I get that completely, and I get being still um, still excited about his potential if and when he can play a complete year, Dukes. But I have a question now that I don't get, and and it's not something that should be as difficult as the Twins make it out to be. Why is the option still Jake Cave? behind Buxton like how can you watch this guy get hurt you're the the man literally collapsed in center field during a routine practice pursuing a ball like he finds ways unfortunately to get hurt we know that you know that Phil knows that my dog Stella she knows it why is the option of of we consider ourselves to be a contender but if he gets hurt it's Jake Cave can you well, can I have that? a resistance, Phil? Do you have J.K.'s numbers handy? I can grab him. Yeah. I feel like Jake Cave is actually underrated. Okay, but Call he's not an every, but he's not, but yeah, he's not I, an everyday. But he's not the guy you want to plug in every day. I I'm not saying he doesn't belong. I, yeah, I'm saying he doesn't belong. The Buxton backup has to be a handcuff at this point. Yeah, but you're not going to. Well, but but if you way? want if you want someone better than Cave, you're gonna you're gonna pay like ten million dollars for a starting center fielder and put him on the yeah, bench. Yeah, I mean, look at the contract Kevin Pillar just got. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with Jake Cave as as a fourth outfielder. I think if Buxton is out for for a sustained period, you move Max Kepler to center. He's fully capable of playing center. That's when you bring Alex Kirilov up. If it happened, you know, say April 10th, mm-hmm. you know, because Alex Kirilov is going to start in St. Paul. They can keep him there for 20 games and earn an extra year of service time. That's inevitable that Alex Kirilov baseball, isn't going to honestly, be the opening day roster. Baseball needs to just get lost. <laughs> my favorite well, sport. But... Hold on, we're on a new subject. <laughs> can you imagine, like, oh, man, uh, LeBron James, 2003, the number one overall no, pick. Listen, we feel like he's got – I know that we're the Cavs and we win 10 games every year, but we feel like he's got a couple things to learn down in the G League. Like, come on. I agree. It's idiotic. It's stupid. I feel for Chris Bryan. I feel for Alex Kirilov, but it's the rules that are in place. They need to collectively bargain to switch those rules. But as long as those rules are in place, I can't fault the Twins for taking advantage of the system. But it is super unfortunate if you're Alex 
saying, let's say opening day, April 1, in Milwaukee, Byron Buxton gets hurt. He's out for a month. I think at that point they would consider, okay, do we forget that extra year in 2027? Do we bring Carroll He can play, you know, one of the corner spots. You move Kepler to at reps in, in left field. In fact, right now I would make Louis Arise the betting favorite to be the opening day left fielder. He's going to get a lot of at-bats. Uh, if he doesn't start opening day, you know, maybe it's the next game. But Louis Arise is going to play some left field. You know, so I think it's just it's one of those deals, Phil, where and Judd that that I think Cave is is fine as a fourth outfielder. In fact, they they think highly enough of him where they were fine moving Lamont Wade. You know, and they played Lamont Wade at, at first base some last year. So it's not like Lamont Wade was pigeonholed as just an outfielder, but they feel like they have enough outfield depth with Larnick being really close, you know, that that they could have made a move like that. So they really like this Anderson kid that they're bringing in. He's got an option, but that's a name to know. Uh, the kid they got from San Francisco, last name Anderson, uh, he's going to impact the bullpen at some point. But I'm just telling you, right or wrong, you can disagree with it, Judd, but they feel confident with with Jake Cave as as the fourth outfielder. Yeah. And I, for the record, I agree with Judd. Jake Cave, Jake Cave in big moments gets squirrely and dives for balls, and he strikes out just as much as Miguel Sano, but there's only so many starting caliber center fielder types in Major League Baseball, and the, tw- the Twins have one in Buxton that only plays 80 games every year. That's why I pay more. To, to get enough, but yep. like you, you're literally going to have to pay like, you know, $10 million for someone who can actually come in and be a good center fielder to replace him. I've got a guy who on, gets hurt constantly. On the Kirloff front, imagine if he tears the cover off the ball for a month in spring training and he hits like, let's say he hits like 350 with eight home runs in spring training. Are you going to send him to St. Paul if you're the Twins? Is that going to happen? Well, if he does that, Phil, 350 with eight home runs in in that small sample size, if if the bat is is buzzing on March 18th, March 25th, heading into, you know, April 1, you'd have to bring him to Milwaukee, right? Like if if that scenario plays out. Mm -hmm. But there is something to be said about a a full extra year of service time, 2027, when Alex is what? Uh, You guys can do the math on that, but still in the prime of his career, to have a full extra year of of control for three weeks. It's like 20 days. Like, they could call up Alex on, like, April 24 and still gain the extra year of service time. So I'm just telling you, I will be shocked if Alex Kirilov is on the opening day roster. Man, amazing. That's a, that's so so would, would Rooker then – would Rooker have a better leg up at getting an, op, a, a, an they, opening day they, roster spot? My two cents, they care more about – like they think Kirloff is like a pillar for the franchise sure. for the next X amount of years, and Rooker's kind of, I mean, Rooker's a bat. He's decent. I think they'd be more likely to put Rooker on the opening day roster because they don't really give a rip about service time with him, but they do about Royce Lewis and Alex Kirloff. Spot on. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Brent Rooker does make the opening day roster. Yeah. Um, okay, go for basketball. You know what? It was it was close for seventy five percent of the game last night uh, against one of the legendary programs in college basketball history. Uh, round of applause for the Gophers hanging close in a road game. <laughs> An average Moral Indiana victory. Team. Moral victory for the Gophers last night. <laughs> I'm not into moral victories, Phil. They're now 0-8 on the road. Seven of those eight road losses are by double digits. Last night was another double-digit loss. You're right. I mean, at 55-55 with eight minutes to go, they were still very much in it, but then shot selection turned into an issue. 
You know, defense turned into a bit of an issue. They're playing shorthanded. So presumably, you know, fatigue became an issue. You know, if you watched last night, I mean, you could see that Liam Robbins is, isn't anywhere near 100%. Like, Fennessey, uh, Rob Fennessey, I think that's his name. The, the Indiana guard had a, had a driving layup, you know, in that, in that 18-2 to two run after it was 55-55. to 55. Liam Robbins normally would have blocked that shot. There was no explosion from Liam at the rim. Fennessey gets, gets the layup. Gabe Kausher is going to miss. Some amount of time, like he's not playing Saturday against Illinois. Going to miss his shot making. Finger. Yeah, they they think he's going to miss some time here with that broken finger on his on his shooting hand. I get it that Gabe hasn't made shots for the most part this year. How long has he's the finger really been broken? Pastor. Has the finger been broken defender. for two years? That's well, so mean. I'm telling he's you, the weird thing is, ever I'm sorry, he's very good. Def- he's very good line, defensively. Sorry, he was a good shooter his freshman yeah. year. Yeah, he was. Then they moved back to three point line. They ruined him which really wasn't that far. That shouldn't be a big deal. But, like, I've talked to Gabe about this. He has mentioned, not necessarily specifically the the moving uh, back of the three-point line, but that it's in his head. And it makes sense because mechanically, like, you watch his shot. Mechanically, everything looks really fluid. It looks good. But even if he isn't making shots, Phil, he's a really good defender. Like, he's a plus defender. He's a plus passer. And they just – they need that depth. Like, you take him away – like, they only really go – Sam Freeman got some time last night, but they really only go, what, eight, maybe nine deep. You take one away and one's hobbling, and all of a sudden, like, you can't have Brandon Johnson, for example, get into foul trouble. You can't have anybody get into foul trouble. Jamal Mashburn Jr. is going to be really good. That was a mm-hmm. that was a win on the recruiting front. We saw it last night in his first start. Really like Jamal The overall numbers are damning. Like, I wrote them down. So Patino's overall Big Ten record now is 53-91. and 91. This is year eight. He's only won 14 road games in eight years. Yeah. Oh. Five oh, the road w- came in one year. Yeah. Five. Five came in one year. Yep. He is 6-36 and 36 on the road in the last four years. There is hope that the game at Nebraska will be made up. If you look at the schedules, next Thursday is the logical date. Like the Gophers... The Gophers are expecting to make up the game at Nebraska, but the Big Ten, like I had one Gopher source tell me the Big Ten is rudderless. Like the Big Ten should have already announced this. Like if you look at the at the schedules, next Thursday makes logical sense. Gophers in Lincoln to take on Nebraska, but there hasn't been enough. That might be the Gophers' one hope to win a road game, maybe at Penn State, but I don't know if I like the Gophers' chances at Penn State. Heck, Nebraska almost beat Illinois last week, so I don't even know if I like the Gophers' chances to win at Nebraska, but they should at least have a chance to win a road game. And I do think, even in this weird year with no crowds, the committee is going to look at that, and it is going to be very glaring if their resume on Selection Sunday reveals that they never won a road game. Yeah. Uh, Dukes, give us 60 seconds of rapid fire. We're losing connection a little bit, so 60 seconds of rapid fire scoops. Go. I mean, there's nothing overly pressing. I do want to give some love to Amir Coffey. He had another good game last night for the L.A. Clippers. They lost to Utah. He had a really good night a few nights ago when when the Clippers, minus Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Nick Batum, they were down Pat Beverly, too. They were down four starters. Amir Coffey, my man, my neighbor in Golden Valley, Hopkins' own, the former gopher. Amir Coffey is like proving he's a he's a legit 
NBA player. Like, not a starter, but Amir Coffee can be a rotation guy, even on a good team. So I just want to give Amir Coffee some love. Also, Tyler Cook is playing really well for the Iowa Wolves G League team. Guys are eligible to sign 10-day contracts in less than 10 days. I know there are some teams kicking the tires on on adding Tyler Cook to their roster, including the Wolves. You know, so keep an eye on that. The Wolves do have an open roster spot. So if they wanted to take a look at Tyler Cook up here with the main team, that's something to keep an eye on. Alonzo Trier, too, for for that matter. Gerson Rosa scouted the G League when he was in Orlando last weekend. So Gerson was on the road. They went from Charlotte Friday to Orlando on Saturday, actually Tampa, and then he drove over to Orlando. So Gerson Rosas was able to see these guys in person. Yeah. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson. Inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. You can find the Scoop podcast on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And you can find Doogie as part of the five eyewitness news sports team. All right, Dukes. See you, Doogie. See you, boys. Congratulations to Brian Dozier on one heck of a run. Media good guy. I really, really always enjoyed my my conversations with Brian, so wishing him all the best. Yeah, Doge. Uh, all right, Dukes, we'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Doge. Doge announcing his retirement here. Tender age of 33. Which, uh, Surprised you couldn't get a job. Weird. Which I think hits on, if we had like a list of the 10 things that sets Judd off in sports, I think... You don't retire I, I think this is at 33, you can't get a job, which is fine. But, I mean, you're not retiring. You're forced out, which is it's, how sports it's, works. It's true. Which is how sports works. But, I mean, you're not – you didn't You didn't say, you know what? I got offers from the Bronx Bombers. The Mets called. Padres called He's back. World Series champion, okay? Yeah, you know, and it's dude, been – a legend, by the way. Yeah. That, that dude was the star of those World yeah. Series parades. Yeah, exactly. He's got a ring, and he's got multiple he was, empty champagne and you know what? bottles. He's a, and trophies. he was always very nice to me. But at 33, he is not retiring. He was told your services are like I guarantee you. If he told the Twins, here's what I'd like to do. I mean, he did draw a walk in his one plate appearance in the World Series. I love the game of baseball. I'd like to continue playing. I will sign with the Saints. The Twins would be like, okay, cool, that's fine. <laughs> so he could continue playing. I did see Mr. and Mrs. Dozier uh, around my neighborhood in the North Loop when they were here when I first moved in. They lived like just right behind me. You used to see them all the time. Name driver. Were they just like bouncing around yeah, at the restaurants? They'd be, or they'd be bouncing at restaurants. They'd be walking the dog. Red Rabbit fans for sure. Yeah, you see didn't just, I, I didn't saw didn't you see once. Dozier there before like a Sunday day game yes. getting brunch at yes. Red yes. 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 yes, yes. And then I, 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 I believe in that same game, if I'm not mistaken, he had an inside the park home run. Amazing. But yes, I saw him there. And, and I'm like, is that Brian Do- No, it can't be. He's got to be at the ballpark. Dude, and it's, it was Brian Dozier. He talked he about it. He had one of the most, and it was it was a, a scorching half of a season. And yes. then he sort of, you know, he, he struggled in the other half. But his 2016 season with the Twins, he hit 42 home runs, drove in 99 and stole 18 bases. It is legitimately one of the better offensive seasons in Twins history. And for a second baseman? Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. That's mm-hmm. great. But yeah. at 33, you're not retiring. Out of the league four years later. Forced out of hmm. the league. It's true. Let's call Should, it Let's call it what it is. Shouldn't it be a distinction? Like when Glenn, yes. like Glenn Perkins didn't retire. Glenn Perkins' arm couldn't yeah, throw a ball got, 90 miles an hour anymore, yeah. and he just like went and moved, to, a, moved yep. to the lake, right? Yes. I don't think there was a grand announcement. Set, Why do we need a grand announcement? Financially, which is awesome. That's great. But yeah, well, I, I think it's fine to say I'm done playing baseball because I'm not wanted. I think that's absolutely fine. <laughs> to say that the league has turned its back on me is accurate, and I'd be fine with that. If you put out a press release that said, I called everybody and their brother, and they don't want me, then I'm like, okay, cool. You're no longer playing baseball. But to make it sound like you've stepped aside, 
Okay, here's a question. Here's a and and don't overreact and say no way. Does he get consideration? Because I think he, oh, he, he yes, from some yes. for the Twins Hall of Fame. Yes. He will one hundred percent be in the Twins Hall yeah. of Fame. One hundred percent. Yes, be in the Twins Hall of write Fame. Write that down. In fact, <laughs> oh yeah, that's in, finding. In fact. Can I add to write that down? Sure, I, I, do right sure now? I already had one, one to Doogie just okay. so go This for is it. the rule. Write, do it. write this down. I don't think we should make a habit of doing these outside That's, of the segment, yeah. but yeah. like, you know, extreme circumstances. Write this down. Brian, Do- and, and let me ask a clarifying question. Dan Gladden has not yet made it to the Twins Hall of Fame, right? That is correct, and it's and it's an outrage. I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll double check it. No, I'm no, I'm sure you're right. Write this down. Bri- Brian Dozier will make the Twins Hall of Fame before... Dan oh bleeping my God. Gladden. No way. The game-winning run of the 1991 World Series and... and Two-time world a, champion. A 20-year broadcast fixture in the booth, right? Are you serious? You really think Dozier that? Will, well, why has Gladdy not made it yet to this point? Oh, I'm disgusted by this. It doesn't oh. make sense to me. Oh, I'm and with it, you. It's, it's no, lo- we're to get, and yeah. it's local media that votes on it, right? Yes, Is there any right. other percentage? It's well, lo- not it's, me. It's local like media ballot, and people in the organization. Like, how do I not vote on this? I've gotten a vote on this for a long time. I think it's because I was a beat writer. For I don't get a ballot. Like I go to, a and I have of, voted for Dan Gladden multiple like, where's times. Where's my ballot? Because I'd vote for thirty-two. Mm. Yeah, he will you make it. You acquired sure. this man in eighty-seven, and he immediately helped you win a World Series. How was he not in your Hall of Fame? Let me just check. Twins Two-time Hall of World fame. Champion is Gene Larkin in the Twins Hall of Fame? No, I got a list here for you. No, he's not, and he shouldn't be. Okay. All right, here's the That's Twins okay. Hall of Fame. Here's the Twins Hall of Fame. <laughs> It's Harmon Killebrew, Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, Kent Herbeck, Kirby Puckett, Calvin Griffith was the first class. That was in 2000. Calvin, yeah. Herb Carneal, Jim Cott, Burp Lylevin, Tom Kelly, Bob Allison, Bob Casey, Earl Batty, Frank Viola, Carl Polad, Zola Versailles, mm-hmm. Gary Gaetti, Jim Rance, uh, front office legend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rick Aguilera, Brad Radke, George Brophy, Greg Gagne. Mm-hmm. Jim Perry, Camilo Pasquale, Eddie Gordado, mm-hmm. Tom Mee, John Gordon, Tori Hunter, Michael Kadire, Andy McPhail, and they don't have it updated for the last couple of years, but Joe Nathan got in. Morneau was going to go Morneau in, or, go or in. he did last year. That They just didn't have the night Mauer for him. Got, got in. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that, absolutely. And then I feel like another older player got in there, but like... If Eddie Gordado is in the Twins Hall of Fame... How is Dan Gladden not? How is Dan Gladden not? And you're telling me, Eddie Gordado. You're walked, telling me he he got the save in a first round playoff series that clinched, and that's awesome. Yeah, Dan Gladden scored the game winning run of the well, night in the World Series. Yeah, and played a huge role, and has been in a the broad, whole thing a broadcaster for twenty years. So you you are telling me, you know, write that down prediction that Brian Dozier will go into the Twins Hall of Fame before Dan does. That is ridiculous. Listen, and I am not ripping these people. Michael Kadire is in the Twins Hall of Fame. Brian Dozier and Michael Kadire. Sort of similar. Kadire played longer for the Twins. It was yep, more yeah. of a longtime twin. Yep. But both guys who put up some really good offensive numbers, yep. never won like an MVP or anything. They were like really good baseball players for the Twins. Kadire played probably more like winning playoff baseball That's what than I was Dozier say. did. Kadire, yes, Kadire did for sure. Uh, but season legend, remember. But I think part of it is like the writers, a lot of it's recency bias. If Gladden didn't get in 10 years ago, the people who cover the team and have votes. So, yeah. more so where's, my, vote so where's my damn vote? Because I'd vote for Gladdy. Well, and if, I saw those teams. If either Dozier or Cuddy, who were both also you know like media darlings, they would give you good quotes. They were good dudes. Mm-hmm. If they weren't as vocal, would they have this type of respect? 
would they have the type of gardenership that would Kadir I think would for sure because I think he was pretty good. Here here's my here's my A number one problem with Doge, okay? And this is a Minnesota sports problem that I will take to my grave without championships at the rate we're going to. Um, my number one problem with Doge is he is the symbol to me of the Twins teams starting in 2011. The Twins teams, and he was a good guy, and he had some he had some prolonged hot streaks that are beyond impressive, right? But look at the record of those teams. Look at those teams. Those teams were, for the most part, awful. He was the best player on awful teams. And and the one year where he got on a good team was Torrey came back and things changed. But, like, if you look at the, the body of Brian Dozier's work as a twin, tell me that you basically don't grab your nose and say, pew. Well, I think— and it's not all his fault. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying those were the teams. Yeah, I think the the paradoxical thing about Brian Dozier, too, is he would put up, you look at some of these seasons, it's like, oh, my God, 100 runs, 100 runs, you know, 30, 40 home runs. You drive in 90, 95, 100 from a leadoff spot. and But then you'd kind of, and those are great. And listen, I'll take those numbers over the course of a full season. However I get them, I'll just take those numbers. Mm-hmm. But then you go a little deeper, and it's like he was the best hitter in baseball for two months and then was unplayable for two months. You know, right. And we give you those stretches and uh, those twins teams did a lot of that where they, well, everything looks pretty good here for a month and a half. And then all of a sudden they would just be the worst team in baseball for, and it's gone for another stretch. So, but yeah, write it down. Brian Dozier will be in the twins hall of fame before Dan. Glenn. Oh boy. You guys want to continue on here with, with reckless speculation Thursday? Absolutely. I got something here for y'all. Reckless speculation. And uh, another thank you to Doogie for, joining us every Thursday here. So this is, let's see here. Dave Klug is the one that initially, I think he was watching like NFL live or something. Dave Klug from fantasy pros. And he was watching NFL live when the Panthers beat reporter for ESPN.com. Uh, D Newton ESPN. Is it David Newton? D Newton ESPN is, is his handle. Mm-hmm. And he essentially uh, quoted what the Panthers beat reporter from ESPN.com said on national television this week. And then I have a question for you guys. He said the Panthers are preparing to make a strong push for Deshaun Watson and quote, will do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson. And that includes giving up three first round picks and Christian McCaffrey. Now I think, to this point, Houston has been steadfast in saying we're not trading Deshaun Watson. Sure, and and the more it's actually it's kind of brilliant without them being brilliant. It's if they keep digging their heels in, then you get these teams that are like, all right, well, listen, we're we're like sitting here with Christian McCaffrey and three first round picks. We'll give you all of those things. Just give us Deshaun Watson. So you're, I think you're going to see more of this play out publicly here. What are your thoughts on this? Let's put a Vikings spin on this. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing, and I get, the, I get that Deshaun Watson is going to have to okay, like if he doesn't want to play in Carolina or if he doesn't want to play in Minnesota, then he can just nix any trade. He has a full no trade clause. Mm-hmm. But if Deshaun Watson said yes, would you trade three first-round picks and Dalvin Cook to get Deshaun Watson? Now, I did see a, a report after that that said that McCaffrey was not involved, but the three first-round picks were. But, yeah, if I was to take it with the Dalvin Cook question, my – Response to you is, wait, I'm going to think about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 
And, and I will tell you where I think Houston has uh, – it's probably not a huge one, but I think Houston has a, a hammer here a little bit is if the Texans work out the best trade available to them, and let's say it's a team that Deshaun likes but does not, not love, and let's say he loves the Dolphins, okay? I think the Texans can say, Deshaun, we will trade you to the Panthers. And if he's like, but Carolina, Deshaun, your choices are this. You can sit here while we essentially squat on your rights in perpetuity for a quite a while, right? Or you can be traded to the Panthers. So I do think that, that despite the fact that there's a no trade in play here, I think a trade is possible if the Texans just flat out get the best offer from a team like the Carolina Panthers. But if I'm the Vikings and it's three first-round picks and Cook, yes, I make wow. that. I get, again, I get a top-five quarterback. I get a top-five yeah. quarterback. No, what? But, you, but you'd be losing a huge offensive weapon, and yep. you'd be losing three shots at making the team better around the top-five quarterback. That's true. I, listen, I'm just saying it's not an instant yes for me. It's not an instant yes for me either. But if, if it was two first-round picks and, and Dalvin Cook, I would say, where's the window? Yeah. But if I have Justin Jefferson, Thielen, and I can get a third receiver, right? And I get Deshaun Watson, and I can offload to another team the Kirk Cousins contract. I'm better. I'm better. And Dalvin Cook's really good. But guess what I can find more of? Really good Dalvin Cooks. I can find those guys. Now, he is special. I like him a lot. This is no dig. But I will always come back to this. Remove the name and your attachment to the player and only consider him as a position. Running back. Yeah. And, and we, we're we going to do next week on Purple Daily, cheap plug here, we're going to do a full deep dive into sort of the state of Dalvin Cook and his touches and his contract and just how and how great he is, but also like the landscape of the Vikings. But I want to float this one thing. We've had a couple Twitter followers. I don't know what the exact source of this is, but we've had a couple Twitter followers send us the same screenshot of information. Super Bowl winner. So teams that have won the Super Bowl. And the player on that winning team that led the team in rushing in the Super Bowl itself. Correct. All right? Yep. And what their base salary is. So Dalvin Cook signed a contract where I think he's making like $12 million a year, something like that. Right. He's one of the five highest paid running backs in the NFL. Here's the list of Super Bowl winning teams, the player that led the team in rushing in the biggest game of the season, and what that player makes. Leonard Fournette, $2 million. Damian Williams, $1 million. Sony Michelle, four hundred eighty thousand dollars. Legarrette Blunt, nine hundred thousand dollars, and then Legarrette Blunt again, seven hundred sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> C.J. Anderson, five hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. Legarrette Blunt again, seven hundred thirty thousand dollars. Percy Harvin led the Seahawks in rushing in two thousand thirteen. There must have been a reverse or something. Yeah, he returned a kick for a touchdown, and he made. I don't know. I can't read this. He's not a running back, but he made two and a half million dollars. Uh, Ray Rice, two million dollars. Yep. Ahmad Bradshaw, one point five million dollars. Yep. James Starks, three hundred twenty thousand dollars, and Pierre Thomas, four hundred sixty thousand dollars. So of these, it looks like twelve players on this list. Only five made over a million dollars a year. None of them made more than two and a half million dollars a year. Think about that. Absolutely. That's that's pretty amazing. Now, what do they do with the money that they would have spent on a highly paid running back, a left guard, a defensive player, pass rusher, you know, something else that helps you 
get to where you want to be, which is winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you don't see on this list are guys who make ridiculous amounts of money. You don't see us uh, an, an Ezekiel Elliott type, right? You don't see Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell from a few years ago exactly on this list. I was going to bring up. So, you, so you would not do three first round picks. Oh my! If God. you were the Vikings, I want them to solve. The like I, I get the people, but but Kirk Cousins, why would you why wouldn't you just roll with Kirk and keep your first round picks? And I get that, but Kirk's cap number in two years is forty five million. And Watson's is huge, but I consider him a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. I agree. I would. Oh my god! I would. Here's what I would want. I would do it. Okay. I would do it. Okay. But what I would want is I'd want a couple pick swaps. Like I'd want them to send Deshaun Watson and at least give me like a couple of third rounder. Like I want some replenishment of draft capital. Like give me a couple third well, rounders back. And then I would also look to because now you'd have to trade Kirk. Uh, that's what I was going to. I would then look to trade Kirk for a first or second rounder. So I'm at least getting like right. I'm trading three firsts and Dalvin, but I'm getting back Deshaun a first and like two thirds or something. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as big of a. Blow. And keep in mind that Deshaun Watson's cap hit in 2022 and 2023 is 40. And forty-two million, respectively. So that I mean, that's an insane, insane chunk of change. Yes, he's a better quarterback and on a different level than Kirk. He's in tier one of quarterbacks, I believe. I think we all can agree on that. But that is an insane amount of draft or uh, salary cap hit. And without first-round picks, yeah, it's, I mean, it's well, it's the, a risk. It is. It is a risk. a risk. Now, of course, Kirk's number is higher than that in two thousand twenty-two. <laughs> you have to most, smooth that out. And the most important thing is my my strategy and philosophy. Of football has changed because I have a different head coach. So, like, I'm not trying to do this with Mike. Mm-hmm. That we're we're not doing that. So, I'm not going to have a, a guy saying, "But I like defense. We don't want Deshaun." No, no, no. You're fired. I'm going to bring in a guy that knows how to use my really skilled and talented QB the right way. You know what you should have done? So, I mean, the te- the Texans went out and grabbed this 65-year-old position coach guy to be their head coach. What you should have done is you should have offered him Mike Z- Instead of three first-round picks, you give you two first-round picks and, and Mike, Mike Zimmer. Zimmer. You can get a coach. be great. Maybe keep J.J. Watt, the defensive guy in there. <laughs> hey, can I, uh, can I jump the gun on reckless speculation here? I mean, there's no such thing as so, jumping the gun. With just about a half hour ago, pro football talk just dropped this. Broncos interested in trading for a top tier quarterback, not named Carson Wentz. Who Wait. is? Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa. Wait. Interesting. Reckless now, speculation. Who was the GM that just got hired by the Denver Broncos? I want to, I want to just ask. I, I have an on-air production meeting question This to is going to be big, Declan. Oh, boy. Okay. Watch and learn, Declan. Watch and learn what you're about to see. Okay. We're going to a very day. Judd, how comfortable I'm do you— I'm getting below the desk. Judd, how comfortable do you feel sharing DMs that you received yesterday about the Denver Broncos? Um, I'm conflicted. I'm not comfortable. And hold on a second. I'm trying to find them. About the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Let me— uh, And a team that has a quarterback. I— let me hold. Wait, hold on a second. I'm not comfortable at all doing this. By the but, way, um, hold on. Yep. Sorry, Dex. By, by the way, James Palmer of NFL Network is the one reporting this. Pro PFT oh, picked it up. Oh, they yeah? said specifically the Browns are not interested in the Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. Can you read this again? I need to hear the phrasing here. Sure. Headline is Broncos <laughs> interested in trading for a top tier quarterback, not Carson Wentz. There's a little brief summary here, too. The Broncos are open to making a big deal if they can upgrade at quarterback, but they don't necessarily think all the big-name quarterbacks are available are upgrades from my guy, Drew Locke. 
Palmer would you, can, take, would you take Drew? In, in, would yes. you take Drew Locke if he was available? Yes, I know you would. No, would. hell no. Yes, one hundred percent. I think no. Drew Locke's got some. He's no, got some, no, got some no. Moves. I'm not. No, got some fourth quarter comebacks in him. Be quiet. Honestly, God, sports on sleep. Sleep on Drew Locke. Sports on you've now. So the obvious question boundaries. here is: Do they view who do they view as top tier quarterbacks? I mean, Deshaun Watson is the one, is the one that's available. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is available anymore, especially if if they sign J.J. Watt. Rodgers probably goes from being like threatening to leave the franchise to giddy because that's exactly what he's yeah, wanted. For and 10 he's years. coming. And he's coming back. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. He's not going to leave right now. But like, who would the other ones be? Okay. All right. All signs. I'm just saying. All signs Staff- are pointing to. So Stafford got traded, so it's not Stafford, right? Mm-hmm. Jared Goff got traded, it's not Goff. They're not interested in Carson Wentz. Well, Matt Ryan, we can put in the bit. Let's just put Matt Ryan in the bit. He's an upgrade from Drew Locke. Should we cross that bridge, Phil? It's up to you. I, I think we should. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! I think we need to. Oh my god! Because let's just say, let's just say, as as a man my age once said ten years back, the pieces are in place. Oh my god! Reckless speculation. So I shared this with you guys yesterday, but I I've got some inside information from a listener. Who in- you want reckless speculation? Oh, you know this ain't gonna happen. How about reckless trade speculation? Don't get, don't get anyone fired. Who embraces the lifestyle? I'll just put it that way. Okay. It's a lifestyle. It is. It's a lifestyle. It's a decision. Mm-hmm. And it's glorious. Let's just say that I wasn't going to bring this DM up despite the fact that I sent it to both of you guys uh, because we didn't really have that next step but now that next step is there so what the hell we'll dive headlong into the pool it, yeah it makes sense it's now there whoa oh my sorry carson wentz just got traded <laughs> are you serious are you kidding me? <laughs> all right just sorry this is amazing to this whom? Is me. okay adam schefter and then we'll get back to this thing yeah no okay. no that's fine yeah philadelphia has agreed to trade carson wentz to the indianapolis colts in exchange for a oh my oh my in exchange for a 2021 third round pick oh and a conditional 2022 second round pick Dang. that could turn into Dang a God. first oh so basically it's, oh. it's a oh, third so it might be right it could be a first in 2022 i'm assuming if carson went so my write that is, down's is, is not good. wrong yet and though. i'm not right either yet crap mhm oh my god I care about myself so so he's going to the colts not the bears He's going to the Colts. Colts. Yep. Oh my goodness! I don't know if this is a great move for the Colts. They're going all in, baby. Okay, continue on your path. This is amazing. Oh my I, God. I feel like we're at the epicenter. It's all to, the it's epicenter all of quarterback it's, speculation here. It's like an earthquake. It's like the Rock and San Andreas is happening right now. So, uh, to the back to, to the note I got. Basically, there was it was implied in the note that there might be. A bit of of indecision and or let's go to the word dissension among Vikings officials about trading Kirk and that there might be certain folks that run the football ops that would like to explore trading Kirk. My guess is and this was not in the note, but putting the pieces of this puzzle together. My guess is that this stems from the fact that the Vikings probably have gone to Kirk and been told by Kirk's camp he's not going to restructure again. And they are all staring at that huge cap hit in 2022 and being like, my God, we're screwed. We got to do something. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. But there are people that want to win in 2021, 
i.e. the people that own the team, saying, mm-hmm. hold on a second, you told us Kirk was our savior, and he gives us, in their opinion, largely because they are hardcore football fans, he gives us the best chance to win. What do you mean trade him? And I snooped around a bit more, and I'm like, so who's calling? The Niners, or what's going on here? Let's just say the team name that came up, Declan Goff. Mm-hmm was the Denver Broncos. Oh, my God! Reckless speculation. So I was not going to broach this because, you know, I mean, it's just a note, right? Right. Like, the pieces of the puzzle at that point don't really work. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's deep throat at this point. Yeah. Right? But not in that way, Declan. This is I in the... did not in, go in, there. In the Watergate way. Sure. Yeah. Sure. De- Declan's like, water uh, what? Uh. Um, so George... So. So George Payton, so so let's let's continue down this speculatory path, okay? Okay. Because I think it's worth it. Rick Spielman trusted George Payton really implicitly as his assistant GM. Like he really and, and George I think is good. What if George had a huge say though in the decision to restructure and re restructure and re-sign Kirk? last year Mm -hmm. and now he is in denver and denver is in huge need of a quarterback upgrade potentially it does make some sense and the pro football talk report reads to me like a like florio probably knows what he's talking about and And probably knows who it is but he was not Basically, he's basically told if it happens i will give you the name but you can float this out there I love okay. I love this. It makes sense. The connection makes sense. Denver I'd love to know more about George Payton's involvement with the initial Kirk Cousins signing. And you we know, don't know a thing about it. Was he it. the That's one leading the charge? Total speculation right? on my point. By the way, my in point. terms of framing up like the price of poker here in the quarterback musical chairs game, Mike Garofolo from NFL Network adds the conditional second rounder for Carson Wentz in two thousand twenty two is basically an injury protection. It becomes a first-rounder if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps or 70% and the team makes the playoffs. So if Carson Wentz plays three-quarters of the season next year for the Indianapolis Colts, then it then the, then the Colts will have traded a first and a third-round pick for Carson Wentz. I write that down. I'll be right there. A first and a third, yeah. That is a... Nice. That is a think about oh, that. Like, you know, the desperation so of teams to get franchise quarterbacks We've all seen Carson Wentz over the past two or three years, especially last year, just broken and shamed and overpaid and injured. And the Indianapolis Colts are going to give up potentially a first-round pick and a third-round pick for that contract. That's what, but that's the the the, the the real estate market for quarterbacks. I mean, we we've been saying this now for what three weeks at least, if mm-hmm. if not more. The real estate market for quarterbacks set by the Stafford golf trade tells you that if you're ever going to explore the sale of your house, it should be now. Yeah. Like, this is why it's not irresponsible to make the call because you will get that haul. So, teams that we know are still, so the Colts have their guy. We know that the, the Rams have their guy. The Lions have brought in Jared Goff. Other quarterback desperate teams in this game of musical chairs include the Bears. The Bears, the Panthers, mm-hmm. the Broncos, and the 49ers. Those four teams we know have been sniffing around and making big-time offers for starting quarterbacks, like like guys who are established right now. We know that the 
We know that the Panthers offered their eighth overall pick for Matt Stafford, which is amazing. Yes. Um, I think we know that, like, in terms of any sort of Kirk Cousins steam, that the Chicago Bears would not really be involved in that. There's almost no way the Vikings and the Bears nope. would co- would commingle in that Agreed. discussion. You're correct. Um, and so I think three teams to keep an eye on. And I think the most likely outcome here is that Kirk Cousins stays with the Vikings. I still think that's the odds on favorite. But the three teams to keep an eye on here, from what we know publicly, are the Panthers, the Broncos, and the 49ers. You heard it here first. Reckless speculation. I think Thursday. it's happening. Reckless speculation. I legit think a trade is going to happen now. I what's, think the, what's your current percentage now? It I, was like 15%. It was at 15 I think it's up to like 45 Woo! Wow. I'm not Woo! going over 50 but I think it's at like 45%. Wow. It's got to be. And if we're making impromptu write that down predictions, I can throw one out there oh, right here now. we go. This is out of control right now. What is this happening? Is this is out of control. This was, okay, this started off as just a little reckless speculation yep. among friends, and all of a sudden the Shefty bomb hits. Yep. Judd brings private personal DMs from a listener with information to, to the, the table. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And now, now Declan's about to make we're a about write to that get down more prediction. write that downs the day after write that down. By Monday, Kirk Cousins will be traded to the Denver Broncos. Oh my God! I'm doing it. Oh my God! You just went too far. You just went too far. Hold on. I'm calling nine one one. I'm calling 911. I don't know what to do. I don't know what else to do. It's happening. All right. Okay. The only the only thing what we need we need to send you to write that down or at least reckless speculation treatment right now. No. Absolutely not. You might need two treatments. I refuse. Drugs and alcohol. I refuse. In the Minnesota sports media scene, fans are represented by two different yet equally important groups. The homers who play with positivity and don't like to have fun, and the realists who prosecute the offenders and recklessly speculate. These are their ideas. Put me on the stand. Man, I'm not I'm even sure it. that these are ideas now. I think that these, I mean, there's something going on. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. <laughs> there is a new it's happening. There's a quarterback with a trade over there telling me I, be, I better beware. And Kirk Cousins Ooh. is going to the Denver Broncos. How about this, by the way? You Ooh. want to talk about just desperate to get rid of somebody? According to Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus, the Eagles are taking on a $33.8 million dead cap well, hit. But that's what, that's yes. <laughs> but that's what makes this so intriguing, Phil. They're willing to take that on. Man. Um, that's but the quarterback amazing. market's too good. I need it's too s- good. There's too much going on. I need a smoke. I don't even, I've never had a cigarette. I'm going to have my first one after this mm. oh discussion God. here. It's oh. happening. By the way, uh, you have some old tweets yes. exposed here, too. And it's Denver. Dex, yes. Denver. To be clear, it's Denver. It's Denver. By Monday. It's happening. Okay. Why don't you throw that one on the Purple Daily? Let's let's put that one on. Or is this, or is this binding to the Mackie and Judd? Write that down. Now. I don't care where it goes. I think it's, it should go. It's an absolute bomb. I think, uh, I think we should put it in Purple Daily. <laughs> let's put it in Purple Daily. <laughs> it is. It's an absolute I know, bomb. I know. I know. It's funny how you said it. Um, okay. Old tweets exposed. Old tweets exposed. Mm, it, it is a uh, my my computer is 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 already just freaking out. I think because I just made the prediction, but I do have some tweets here. It's, this is Timberwolves edition. Out. It is. It is. All right. We're gonna start with uh, another Timberwolves edition of Old Tweets Exposed. Phil Mackie is up. This was, I believe, on draft night. I'm a, I'm an eternal wolves optimist, so you can probably okay. find cool. millions. Oh my god! November eighteenth, two thousand twenty. Ricky Rubio <laughs> will certainly create more opportunities for Cat. He'll he's also a better shooter than he was five years ago. Uh, what was it on uh, two days ago that didn't Cat have like zero shot attempts? And Ricky even admitted, like, yeah, I got to get in the Kat fourth the fourth quarter yeah, against the, the fourth, Lakers. Yeah. They yeah, he didn't have yeah, Ricky's and, Ricky's also shooting thirty seven percent from the so, floor and twenty seven percent from three. Not good. 
This is one of the worst seasons of his entire career. He just can't play here. I don't, I don't get it. He made some shots last night. That's until, tough to until it counted. I get it. Shameful. A lot yeah. of Ricky stands back in the day. Oh, it, it makes sense. Great. I love that term, Stan. All right. This is from Judd Zolgad. Makes me look hip. Two games after the season started. Two games very is way too early to come yeah, to any conclusion, but I the did. Wolves have talent and seem to care about basketball. That's <laughs> you know a what? good start. You know, they, they do care about basketball. Well, that's they're, good. they're not very smart, but they care about basketball. But you know what? This came after a victory at Utah. And gentlemen, I don't think the Jazz has basically lost since that game, okay? Oh, I didn't put that out. Okay, yeah. Okay. So okay. come, come okay. on now. Okay. Come on. I was okay. very excited. And you did preface it and, and hedge by saying two games is way too early to come to any conclusions. And so you whatever happens after that part of the tweet, you're sort of exonerated from. Memories. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad. I don't think it tops mine. Um, no, it I, I think I'm going to win again because this is from, uh, I believe, draft night in 2014. Oh, wow. Wiggins can actually play D. That's probably what I'm more excited about Are August 7th, 2014. <laughs> 9.53 a.m. So I was either hitting it early. What's, pro- or what's probably? It was a probably. Short for her probably. Shorthand for probably. Oh, it is. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. I'm you know, sorry. I, uh, number one, I can't spell currently. I couldn't spell yeah, that no, I'm not. Either. No, I'm just asking. Um, I'm not trying to. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm not trying to gloat here. Uh, but yeah, I thought Wiggins, that was the best thing about him coming here is he can actually play some defense. Um, yeah, and you know what? Bad. He's actually playing decent defense with golden state right now and and when he's engaged like against the Cavs who traded him like he would play some defense right but that mostly turned out to be in an extremely incorrect way. all right so who had the worst of it judd you get to decide oh it's very it's it's basically a tie because you're, you're both bad i am going to go with dex though oh, second week in a row. it's wiggins nothing that you can say about him is right mm. yeah well he's still chugging along you know 17 18 you know what the night. problem last night was Actually, last night, Ricky had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. But then the problem was, and I'm not joking, he got confident. And he took a key shot late, and it literally had yeah. no arc on it. it, it just a clank it, from the left corner. It was a fastball. It's really bad. It was like he threw a fastball. And it's like, dude, if you're hot, you could clearly make shots in the first quarter, the second, and third. But in the fourth, always defer. Yeah. I agree, but teams are just, a lot of times teams are just begging him to shoot it, and he feels like, oh, okay, well, I'm standing over here wide open, and I've made that shot before. But So, Declan, congratulations on your old Thank tweets you. exposed victory. Thank you. And that's a wrap on this Thursday wow. Reckless Speculation episode of Mackie and Judd. Please, if you could subscribe to our two YouTube channels, Score North MN and Purple Daily Podcast, and give us five-star reviews and uh, positive ratings or vice versa on Apple Podcasts. That would be super helpful. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more.
All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at onepeloton.com.